present help. So as we stand here tonight in your presence, we know that nothing is missing and nothing is broken. So, Father, we just come against every mindset, every work of the enemy, every thought and every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the name of Christ. We declare healing. We declare strength. We declare hope. We declare peace. We declare victory over every circumstance, over every situation, over every relationship, over every financial situation. God, the things that we don't understand and comprehend, we still know is in your hands. And so tonight, God, we just lean back in your arms and we trust you with our lives. We trust you with our ways, our desires, and our will. And we believe you, God, that you will fulfill your purpose and your destiny through our lives as we follow you wholeheartedly. And so, Father, we thank you for this tonight in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. We bless you, God. We bless you, God. We bless you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. You might be seated this evening. Praise God. Our ushers are going to come and wait upon us this evening for our evening giving. And uh, would you just bless the Lord. tonight for this opportunity that we have to give back into the kingdom. Thank you that someone was faithful in their giving, that we could hear the gospel and our lives would be changed forever. So tonight, God, we reciprocate that love and, and into somebody else's life that they too can find the good news and hope that they don't have to be lost, that they don't have to be sick, but they can find hope in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this tonight, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you in your giving this evening. Let us speak tonight and just stir up your mind by way of remembrance. My assignment this evening is not to give some deep revelation or theologian, theological discourse, but just to stir up our minds by way of remembrance coming into this Easter season. The price that Jesus paid yeah. so that we could 
celebrate in a fallen world so that we could have joy and confidence and peace in the midst of chaos so that we could have a calm in the middle of the storm you know I I think we sometimes miss that and, and so tonight by way of the scripture we just want to stir up our minds by the way of remembrance too many churches today too many preachers today have moved away from talking about the blood but I still believe there is power in the blood of Jesus there is in fact wonder working power in that blood I believe as we gain a fresh revelation of the blood that we can walk in a new understanding and we can trample on our enemy and we can speak victory into the circumstances and the situations of our life that we have perhaps given over to the enemy. Because you see, God has given us power in that blood over sin, power over sickness, power over infirmity and pain, impossibility and poverty and lack and bondage and addictions. They all have to go whenever we understand the power of the blood of Jesus Christ when it is applied to our lives. Amen. Praise God. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 said, Being born again, not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever amen being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible seed by the word of God which liveth and abideth it, it is continue that ETH means it's ongoing it's, it's always it's progressive it's continuing to go on so the word is still alive and it abides forever amen and Jesus backed it up and said heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away And so the word incorruptible, incorruptible means to be sinless without blemish. It means to be perfect or perfection. And as verse 23 tells us, the incorruptible seed is the word of God. Jesus is the word. He is Christ, the Christ, the son of the living God. He was the precious lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. But yet we see in the New Testament, it would become a literal slain of the lamb. And so our heritage tonight is one of perfection. Amen. We are not in imperfection, but we are in perfection. That's where our heritage has come from. And I don't know what you think that you came from. I don't know if you think that that lineage of of maybe uh, abuse and addiction and poverty and brokenness or whatever it is that may be in your family. But I'm not talking about all of that tonight. I'm talking about when you were born again. 
whenever you uh, came and were grafted in by the blood of Jesus Christ, when you were adopted, we became into a heritage of perfection. And so when we see this tonight and we understand this tonight, if we believe this tonight, then we will also have to believe everything else that I'm going to tell you this evening. Amen. I am imperfect man who has been made perfect. How can I say this? Why can I say this? When I was born again, I was born uh, of a perfect spirit. And I was born of the spirit of Christ and that spirit is a perfect spirit. So therefore, when you see the spirit of man has been reincarnated, when that spirit of God comes to live on the inside of you, then you are recreated and you were recreated for perfection. Amen. This is the result of a perfect blood of a perfect lamb, which was Jesus Christ. Jesus was the incorruptible seed. It means he was perfect. Amen. The only one without sin, the only one without blemish, the only one who was perfect. He had no to be sinless. He had to be perfect. He had to be without blemish because in order for the blood to be perfect, the lamb had to be perfect, right? If the lamb wasn't perfect, then there was no blood could be uh, perfect in the lamb. But a Leviticus chapter 22 and verse 20 tells us, whosoever, speaking of the lamb, has a blemish, you shall not offer it. In other words, if the lamb was blemished, if there was, if there was something on it that it was ineligible to be sacrificed, it could not be offered. And so the offering was of, of that of eternal blood. It was eternal lamb. It was absolutely had to be perfect because if it was not perfect, it could not be offered as a sacrifice that was acceptable. And so now we understand that Jesus was the the only one that could be that perfect sacrifice. Amen. He was the perfect lamb and we have been born again of that spirit. Amen. Of the perfect lamb. This means that our heritage is a perfect heritage. Amen. And this is where we uh, come to. That is why I can boldly say tonight that I am uh, an imperfect man that has been made perfect in my spirit by a perfect lamb. Amen. Our DNA is that of perfection. <laughs> Whenever you were born again, amen, your spiritual DNA was shifted from Adam to Christ. Are you walking with me? Amen. And the imperfection of Adam was done away with. We look in the New Testament and he said if that, and he talks about it in a marriage relationship. And he says that if, if your uh, first husband be dead, then you can marry yet another. That another was being Jesus Christ. The old man had to die before you can marry Jesus because Jesus don't just hook up. Huh? He don't just hang out. He don't just date. He don't just court, but you got to marry him. Come on, somebody. And so in order for you to marry Christ, then Adam's got to die. 
And so whenever Adam dies, that, that corruptible is put off and the incorruptible has taken on in your spirit and that perfection takes into your spirit and that spiritual DNA is you have a bloodline of perfection. Amen. The blood represents the death to sin and life to Jesus Christ. And when man was touched by the blood, man became perfect, amen, in the blood, in the spirit. And man became perfect by that blood. How? Because he redeemed us. Redeemed. Amen. He bought us back by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so now we, we need to understand tonight why it is so, can, you ought to be so excited about the blood of Jesus. Because if it had not been for the blood of Jesus, we'd all be losers. Amen. If it weren't for the, the blood of Jesus, we'd have a, a, a background of Adam. But now because of Jesus, we don't have to have the background in the lineage of Adam. But now we are in Christ. And whoever is in Christ, old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And we are new creatures in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And so in Exodus chapter 11, during the Passover, the children of Israel would apply the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their house. The death angel came by into the land of Egypt and the Bible said that it killed the firstborn lamb or animal uh, livestock of all the Egyptians. It also killed the first uh, child of all the Egyptians, the male child, but it did not touch one household in uh, the children of Israel. It did not kill one child. It never killed one livestock of the children of Israel. Why? Because the enemy cannot touch what has been covered by the blood. Amen. Death can't touch what has been touched by li the living blood. There is life in the blood. Amen. And the blood screams. Then when the blood was screaming out and the death angel came by and seen the Egyptians that had rebellious hearts and would not yield to the lordship of God. Then we look and we see that the death angel would go and there would have to be a sacrifice. There would be a death there. But whenever it came to the Israelites and the blood had been applied, the blood screamed and said, there's already been a death here. The lamb has already died here it, and, and so there's no need for another death. Amen. The blood screams. The blood screams on that doorpost and said life is in this place. It screams and says devil you can't touch this house because it's been covered by the blood. Amen. Be thankful for the blood. Be thankful that the blood has a strong voice that cries out. You remember when the blood, when the, in the, whenever Cain slew Abel that the Bible said that even though he had he had hid and he had gone through all of this process that Abel that, that his blood was crying out from the ground the blood cries out amen why because there's still life in the blood glory to God there is life in the blood
You know, doctors are, you know, as I said the other week, they, they want us to be amazed and it is wonderful what they're able to do. They can, they can recreate, they can create uh, a skin tissue, they can create uh, different parts to, to use in the body, but the one thing they cannot recreate is blood. Why? Because the life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. And so whenever that death angel came to the children of Israel, the life, that blood that was in that blood cried out and said, there's already been a death here. It's been, and they've been covered by the blood. There's life in this house and not death in this house. Jesus' blood is still crying out and saying, I have redeemed you. I have healed you. I have delivered you. Thank God for the blood that is still crying over 2,000 years now. Amen. It's running down through the endless ages of time. And Jesus said that whoever will call on my name shall be saved. There's still life in the blood. There's still hope in the blood. There's still power in the blood because the blood is still a living. Hallelujah. Amen. The enemy could not touch that, that because the blood was there. Now watch this, if the, if, if, they were, if the enemy was not able to touch them with imperfect blood of a lamb, what can he do with perfect blood of a perfect lamb? Sickness, infirmity, disease, sin, poverty, bondage, Addictions cannot enter in to where the love, where the perfect blood is. Hallelujah. Where the perfect blood has been applied. Amen. The pain and it has to go. The addiction has to go. The bondage, the sin, the, the work of the enemy, the poverty has to go because God has given us victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we need to just put our adversary out and tell him there is no, there is no occupancy available. Everything has been taken out. Jesus said when he came that he found no, nothing of himself in me. Amen. Jesus. And so if Jesus said that, that should be our goal. When the enemy comes knocking, when he comes looking, that he cannot find anything to connect himself in our lives. But we have been covered with the precious, pure blood of Jesus Christ that has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. And the curse of the law is sin, sickness, and disease. Amen. And so God has delivered us from that. He's given us authority in the blood. Authority in the Greek means permission or freedom, right to rule, strength, power, to command. And then also in the Greek, it, it, it says pow, the word power, which is the force, the strength or energy that might, uh, might to carry out a task. But I want to tell you tonight that there is a power that is at work in the earth. There is a power that is at work in government. It is in, 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 in all the, the government. It is in, you know, the White House to the, to the city. There's a power that's at work 
to destroy, bring down, hold captive. There's a power at work when you look at the seven mountains and, and not just, I'm not pointing out and saying that government is evil, understand? We ain't gathering up arms and going to war. Nothing like I'm saying that there's a power at work working through them. The seven mountains that develop culture, those mountains, there's a power at work to hold those mountains of that develop culture uh, to stronghold. Whenever we look at the, uh, when the, the look at the 20th century in history, historians said one of the things that, that Uh, developed the culture of America in the 20th century was the great awakening of Zusa Street. The revival, the power of God that moved in Azusa and around America, they said that's what caused that, that 20th century to be to cultivate it and develop the culture in which it had. But we have relinquished those things until now we have given it up to a power that is at work, amen, a power of darkness, a power of the enemy. But I want to tell you that he never just gave us power, but he gave us authority. He gave us authority authority through the blood of Jesus Christ, that pure lamb, that perfect lamb, that perfected blood. He gave us authority over every work of the enemy. He said in Luke 10 and 19, behold, I given to you power. That word power there should have been translated authority because that's what it really means. I, I gave you authority over all of the power, which means strength or energy of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you or hurt you. You see, authority always trumps power. Authority always trumps power. You see, you can have a Mac with, a, a, you know, I don't know how big those engines are. They can have maybe, say, a thousand horse in there. And they can have a huge diesel motor that is able to pull thousands of pounds down the road at 70, 80 miles an hour. But you see, that, that's power. But you can take a little 150-pound uh, man, put him in a uniform, that says police, huh? And that little man weighing 150 pounds with that authority badge on him is gonna stop that Mack truck every single time. Amen. If he doesn't have enough sense to stop when he tells him, he he will stop because the authority stops power. What are you saying? I'm telling you, yes, there is a power that is at work against us, but God has given us something to trump that power, which is the authority that is in the lamb, the authority that is in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I understand tonight that even though the enemy may come against us, he may form weapons against us. He didn't say he wouldn't allow him to form weapons. He said they would form them, but they just would not prosper. We have authority over it. But when we relinquish that authority, it's when that enemy overcomes us. I wonder how in this world that we get in the shape that we're in sometimes. In this messed up world, you often see a three or four year old child bossing the family. If you don't believe that, just go to the store. The airport's a good place to see it too. 
They run their lives. Three, four years. And I, I wonder to myself, how is it that this little 30, 40 pound kid, four or five years old, can rule a grown man? But then the answer is simply this. A four-year-old child has no authority, no authentic authority, except that authority that has been forfeited. And whenever you have forfeited authority, someone that is weaker and someone that is smaller is able to take and, and work against somebody greater than who they are. Amen. And so you see, you, you, you can don't allow some 40 pound devil to bully you. Don't allow somebody that has already been defeated and dethroned. Come on. Amen. To, to, to control and dominate and throw his weight around and begin. Don't you forfeit your authority because if you don't walk in your authority, the authority will be used against you. It will not lay dormant. Don't let anybody lie to you. If you don't walk in that authority, it will be forfeited and that which you should defeat now begins to take your authority and control and dominate you and that devil is a liar. You've got to rise up in the name of Jesus say you're not going to push me around I've got the authority in the name of Jesus you've got to get behind me because greater is he that is in me Amen. Then he that is in this world. Amen. You need to click, kick him out and to turn, tell him that you're an uninvited guest. You're not going to stay up in my house. You're not going to stay in my marriage. You're not going to mess with my children. You're not going to mess with my finances because God has given me authority. He has given me that perfection and I'm going to walk in it in the name of Jesus. My children will worship the Lord in this house. My sons and my daughters will rise up and call me blessed. Amen. I'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. There'll be nothing that God touched that won't prosper and be blessed because God has given me authority in the earth. Amen. The enemy can't touch what the blood has touched. First Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I'm not real good at English. If you've been around here, you can tell that. I didn't get real good grades in school in English. But one thing I do know, at an early age, they taught me the difference between can and may. The devil doesn't have any can all he has is may. Amen. Said all the devil don't have any can. All he has is may. And the only way he may do anything is if the church lays down and lets him do a thing. Amen. The devil that you and I are facing is not the one Spielberg has painted. He is a defeated foe. Amen. And God has given us the victory over him already. 
Amen. And so the enemy, he, the Bible says here that, that we have to take and stand in our rightful place of authority because the enemy cannot have you. The enemy cannot touch you. You're untouchable, amen, when the blood has been applied to your life. And so if we really have been made perfect by his blood, then we understand that the enemy cannot touch what God has blessed, amen. And so the reality of it is this, the devil, he cannot just come and do a thing, but he, the Bible said he comes and seeks whom he may. Not who he can, but who he may. And so now that speaks to me and says, he can't just come to me and do a thing, but he has to get permission to do a thing. And so if I'm not standing in my place of authority, if I'm not standing on the word of God, if I'm not covered with the blood and I stand in my place of authority, then he can. Huh? But whenever I'm standing there, he has to ask permission. Have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> He couldn't just walk up in there and tear up Job's house. He couldn't just go in there and do whatever he wanted to do. He said, "May I go? May I?" If I, if you allow me, he'll curse you. If you allow me, he'll forsake you. If you'll allow me, amen. And you see Job, he wasn't the smartest, but you got to remember he was one of the first that ever walked with God. He wasn't, he wasn't even in the, in the, uh, and when you read the books, it wasn't put together that Job was one of the first ones. He never had a Bible to read. He never had somebody to encourage him. He did. He was walking this flesh and this thing out with God every day. And so sometimes you would see him talking doubt and negativism, but he didn't have anybody to tell him, you've got to speak faith into your situation. And so he was walking this thing out in Job. He was complaining about the hedge that God had put around his life. But what he did not understand was the same hedge that was hedging him in was the same hedge that was keeping the devil out. And we need to understand today that God has put a hedge around us called the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when that blood has been that hedge that prevails and stays around us, he can't just come up in our house. He's got to say, may I? Amen. And we say, no, devil, you may not. The blood of Jesus is against you. I said, the blood of Jesus is against you. And there is no vacancy here in my life, in my family, or in in my home. Amen. Leviticus 22 and 22 said, those that are blind are broken and maimed and having ulcers and scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord nor make offering by fire of them on the altar of the Lord. Someone is something that one of the animals is blind or broken or maimed. He says that's, that is, there's something internally wrong with them, Right? He says, goes on to say, if there's scabs on them, then something is externally wrong with them. The Leviticus talks or refers to us about this, this lamb that would bring about perfection. This perfect lamb. No natural lamb could ever compare to this lamb. 
because it was a perfect lamb. But the lamb used in sacrifice couldn't have anything wrong with it, inside or outside. It's not referring to us because we know that we are not perfect. It's referring to Christ who is the lamb. It is not speaking that that Christ rejects us if we have something internally wrong or externally wrong. He's not speaking of that. He, He rejects the sin, but he does not reject the sinner. Amen. He rejects that the problems that, that calls you the problems, but he does not reject you. And so he calls us to himself and the, and the lamb that is in opposition to everything that has held you back, everything that has limited you, everything that said you can go this far but cannot go any farther. That, that The lamb, everything that has opposed you and said you can't be healed, you can't serve God, you can't be delivered, your children, everything that is come against you the lamb that perfect lamb has rose up and he became that spotless perfect lamb of a sacrifice so that now the blood of Jesus Christ could be applied to our lives in this hour in which we live and so thank God because of that today we can live in the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ we can live in his salvation we can live in his divine health we can live to and in him we live and in him we move and we have our very being and so therefore we are not limited by what Adam brought into our life we have been redeemed from the curse of the law and now we are walking in the newness and the blood of Jesus Christ that says open your eyes believe in me trust in me dream big and, and begin to believe me and dare me to do what cannot be done on this earth and let me show you grace and mighty things that you know not of. And because of that, we can have perfect peace. I don't know, Pastor, you may be stretching it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 tells us you will keep him in perfect peace. Who? Whose mind is stayed upon you. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I quote it to myself a lot of times, but a lot of times I share it with others. Difficult things are going on. Don't get caught up in the minutia. Don't get caught up in the mess because he'll keep you in perfect peace if you'll just keep your mind on him. (laughs) Now, if he can give me perfect peace, I just believe he can also give me perfect health He can give me perfect rest. He can give me perfect joy. He can give me perfect deliverance inside and out. Amen. Why? Because he's already paid the price for it. But I just got to believe it and stand in my place of authority 
and say, this ain't about me. It's about him, but he's already done it, so I'm just going to live in it. Amen? And I'm going to do great things. I'm going to do great things. Too much has been paid for us to have such a weak and anemic church representing an awesome God. Amen. It's time for us to take our place in authority and in the blood. Amen. And say, our families will be saved. Cities will be won. <laughs> I know people think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, the day's going to come when cities will be won. Amen. Why, what makes me even think that? I'm going I'm to quit. But what makes me even think that? Well, because the Mormon faith is not a perfected faith. <laughs> Christendom is the only one that has a perfect lamb. I know people say you're narrow-minded. No, I just know the truth. Huh? Joseph Smith, he ain't all that. Amen. But we have a perfect lamb that died for imperfect people so we could have an authority in the earth to carry out the will of the Father. Now, if Mormonism and, and can rise up and take Salt Lake City, then surely we ought to be able to take San Jose, California. Huh? We ought to be able to take this region for the glory of God. Why? Because we've got an end of a perfected blood that is covering us. We've got a perfected promise that we are holding on to and we have authority in the earth to declare a thing, decree a thing and see it come to pass. And so we just got to rise up in that authority. And so on this uh, eve of the eve, Palm Sunday. I just wanted to challenge you to remember, think about, study on the blood and the power that has been given to us through and by the blood, perfect blood of Jesus Christ. The incorruptible seed now lives in me, my God. And I'm worried about a little old devil that's already defeated. I'm letting him run havoc, in, come on, in my life. I just, I don't have to, I, all I got to do is just get up in my place. Get covered with the blood. And say, no vacancies here. No vacancies. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. So that's what I got for you tonight. Amen. And I'm just believing, I'm just believing, I'm just believing that God is going to help us 
to see families one into the kingdom in these next few services. It would be great. I don't know. I ain't going to say just few. I mean, I'd let it go on forever. But we're really pushing in on it for these weeks that we're throwing out this net, this large net, reaching out to our city and our region because we so desperately want to see people saved. It's nothing about us. It's about the blood that Jesus shed for me. Drive. 